Welcome in, friend. As I record this, I am about to leave this chair and step out from behind the microphone and make preparations for leaving very soon for a funeral. A good friend and a faithful man from the church we previously served at passed away not long ago, and so I'd ask for you to pray specifically for his wife. I will not belabor the point. Let's jump into Ian Bounds' book on prayer. All the true revivals have been born in prayer. When God's people become so concerned about the state of religion that they lie on their faces day and night in earnest supplication, the blessing will be sure to fall. Through prayer, Hannah found her relief. Everywhere the church was backslidden and apostate, its foes were victorious. Hannah, though, gave herself to prayer, and in sorrow she multiplied her praying. She saw a great revival born out of her praying. When the whole nation was oppressed, Samuel, prophet and priest, was born to establish a new line of priesthood, and Hannah's praying warmed into existence a new life for the people of God. Religion revived and flourished everywhere. Though the praying came from a woman's broken heart, God, true to his promise, ask of me, heard and answered, sending a new day of holy gladness to revive his people. It's the same, all down through the ages. Every revival of which we have any record has been bathed in prayer. Take, for example, the wonderful revival in Schatz, Scotland in 1630. It was during this time that it became known that several of the then persecuted ministers were to take part in a solemn convocation. As a result, a vast gathering of godly persons assembled on this occasion from all quarters of the country, and several days were spent in joint prayer in preparation for the service. In the evening, instead of retiring to rest, the multitude divided themselves into little bands and spent the whole night in supplication and praise. The following Monday was consecrated to Thanksgiving, a practice not then common, and it proved to be one of the great days of the feast. After much entreaty, John Livingston, chaplain to the Countess of Wigtown, a young man, and not even ordained, agreed to preach to this congregation. He had spent the night in prayer, in conference with God, but as the hour of assembly approached, his heart quailed, at the thought of addressing so many aged and experienced saints, and he actually fled from the duty he had undertaken. But just as the church of Schatz was vanishing from his view behind him, the following words were borne in upon his mind with such a force that he was compelled to return to the work. John 2.31 Was I ever a barren wilderness or a land of darkness? He took for his text Ezekiel 36, 25, and 26 and discoursed with great power for about two hours. Five hundred conversions were believed to have occurred as a result of that one sermon thus prefaced by prayer. And this was the report of that revival. It was the sowing of a seed all through Clydesdale so that many of the most eminent Christians of that country, meaning Scotland, could date their conversion or some remarkable confirmation or decision of their life from that day. Well, friend, 
that's the sort of impact I'd like my sermons. That's the sort of impact I'd like your and your pastor's sermons to have. But at least for me, I know why mine falls so short so often. It's a lack and a weakness in prayer. Let's change that. Let's fix it. God bless. Talk to you soon.